Section 24 of Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 3. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Brian Keenan. Delaware, Friday, 11. I came to Wilmington, and on Saturday to Northeast. On the Sabbath I preached. Monday brought me to Perry Hall, and on Tuesday I reached Baltimore. Maryland, Thursday, 17. Busy writing letters to the South and to England. I enjoy great peace, and am in the spirit of prayer. On Friday I visited three families on Elk Ridge. On Saturday I came to Brother Riggs's, dined and went on to Dr. Waters's. I preached at Goshen Meeting House. We have, it is said, the greatest draught that can be remembered in this country. The springs seem to be failing everywhere. Monday I went to Rachel Hall's, dined and rode on to Samuel Howard's. Here I had a bilious attack, and became quite bed-sick. Tuesday 22. We have a most blessed, glorious shower of rain. I received it as an answer to prayer. The oats in the fields are unpromising, but the corn looks green, and the people are diligent in plowing and dressing. A fine example this to Christians. Oh, how diligently should we labor! The heat is great. Wednesday 23. I called upon Joseph Perkins, the superintendent of the U.S. Armory. Here is a factory of stores of instruments of death, tastefully arranged in the several apartments. There may they remain forever. But will it be so? Alas, no. I was caught in a rain upon the river, the effects of which I felt next day. August 3. I am here at John Davenport's. I have been sick and laid up since Thursday last. Copious bleeding, emetics, cathartics, and bark have had their turns. The fever since the day before yesterday has left me. I have been providentially favored with a good physician, kind friends, and temperate heat. The Lord hath done this well. I might have been taken amongst strangers and have had more pain. Rest was wanting, and I may hereafter have better weather for the toilsome journey before me. Happily I laid my hands on Simpson's plea for religion, in which we have a wonderful and interesting account of good and bad men for three centuries. The author has drawn aside the purple curtains of the Church of Rome, and the black robes of the anti-Christian Church of England, to lay bare the abuses of bad systems and the vices of mitred heads. He has raised his warning voice against the corruption of manners and morals in all orders, which will, he predicts, without a speedy reformation, cause the downfall of all ecclesiastical establishments. He has magnanimously renounced his living as a minister, which his conscience would permit him no longer to hold. He said he knew not where to go, but the Lord has taken him to the church of the firstborn. Oh, what a warning is here given to all churches, to all ministers, to all Christians, and to thee, O my soul. Recollecting I had never preached in the neighborhood, and feeling a little unwilling to pass another dumb Sabbath, we called a solemn assembly, as much as if we had come to the funeral of one of the family. My subject was First Kings 8, 35-39. I was rapid for about an hour, 
they are faithfully warned. Let them look to it. Virginia, Wednesday 6. I came to Winchester. Wrote to Miles and Doherty. Report says that a copy of Dr. Koch's letter was taken by stealth. The British are irritated, and the Americans are not pleased. But they were calm in council. I lodged at Sister Phelps's. Thursday 7. Came to the camp meeting at Chrisman's Springs, now Stover's Springs. Necessity compelled them to come here for the sake of the water in this great general drought. I moved on to Stoverstown. Friday 8. I breakfasted at Millerstown, rode to Wires to dinner, and by driving two hours in the night reached Rocktown, or Rockingham, and put up with Mr. Williams. I have traveled fifty miles today, over rough, rocky roads. I rested my feeble body on Saturday. Sunday 10. Our house here, forty by forty-eight feet, may contain fifteen or eighteen hundred people. Now that we have a place of worship of our own, I hope we shall have another revival. I preached the first sermon. My subject, Isaiah 56, 8. We had an open time. Monday 11, I rested. Tuesday 12. I came away to Staunton. I preached in the courthouse on Isaiah 55, 6, 7. Wednesday 13 brought us to Fairfield. I lodged at Mr. Moore's tavern. At Lexington I found Mr. Shield, my host, sick. I prayed with them. It was a time of tenderness. I set out, faint indeed, for Mr. M. Conkey's, a decent house. Here I prayed as amongst the Methodists. This excessive delicacy of feeling, which shuts my mouth so often, may appear strange to those who do not know me. There are some houses in which I am not sure that I could speak to my father, were he alive, and I to meet him there. Bystanders might have cause to exclaim with wonder, What a son! Friday 15 I rode fifteen miles and breakfasted with Mr. Topcotts. Eleven miles farther brought me to Mr. Thomas's, near the campground, at a little town called Amsterdam. I have been afflicted, but this may be for good. Had it not been for the top of the sulky, perhaps, sultry as it was, I should have been obliged to stop. Faint and feeble, the kindness of good men and the affectionate attentions of good women supported me. May a gracious God bless those who were thus made blessings to me. In prayer I have had uncommon life and liberty, but I had not strength to talk as much as I wished about God and religion. On Saturday I felt unwell. Sunday 17. I ventured to the camp. I preached at eleven o'clock to about three thousand souls. I held on loud and long. It was the Lord, not I. Notwithstanding matters were not as I could wish, I trust much good will be done. Monday 18. I rested at Mr. Thomas's. Tuesday 19. I ventured on the campground again and preached at eight o'clock. I was weak and unwell, but was divinely aided, whilst enlarging on Philippians 1, 1. May this weighty subject rest on the minds of the preachers, and on none more than the heart of the speaker. 
I came away with Samuel Mitchell. Friendship and good fellowship seem to be done away between the Methodists and Presbyterians. Few of the latter will attend our meetings now. Well, let them feed their flocks apart. And let not Judah vex Ephraim, nor Ephraim Judah. And may it thus remain, until the two sticks become one in the Lord's hands. Wednesday 20. Being unwell, I rested. Thursday 21. We came away through excessive heat to Thomas Barrett's, at the foot of the Allegheny Mountain. Friday 22 brought us over the rough, rude mountain. They are making a turnpike here. After breakfasting at Brother Haymaker's, we came on to Pepper's Ferry, sometimes directing our route by chance. Since the 23rd of May to this day, I believe we have not had a steady rain for six hours together. Yet it is a miracle and mercy that the prospects of corn are so good. We rested for the day at Pepper's, and, need we add, weary, men, and horses. Sunday 24 At Page's Chapel I spoke on Second Chronicles 7, 13-14. It was an awful talk, and the people were alarmed. We dined at Mitchell's and lodged at Weigler's, that we might lose no time. Monday 25 I was in danger of being cast away on my route to Crockett's, but was mercifully preserved. I felt exceedingly grateful that not even the skin of either horse or man was broken. I jumped out of the carriage. Ah, I see that old men will fail in great danger. Tuesday 26 We came to Wythe Courthouse, 18 miles, to breakfast, and reached David Stewart's to lodge. Wednesday 27 I came to Charles Hardy's. I have not slept well. I am faint with toil and excessive heat, like an oven in the afternoon. Thursday 28 brought us over the dreadful roads to the salt works. The great drought has not prevailed so greatly on Holston of Tennessee. Tennessee, Saturday 30. I preached at the Widow Russell's. My hostess is as happy and cheerful as ever. Sunday 31. I preached at the Manaham Meeting House. I once thought we should scarcely ever have a tabernacle of our own in these parts. We have now three in a triangle of eight miles extent. Tuesday, September 2. I was weak, but attended the appointment of the stationed preacher, A. Houston. My subject was 1 Thessalonians 5, 12-15. Strong in spirit, but feeble in body. Next day I rode thirty miles over to Edward Cox's. Thursday 4. I preached at Bethel. I was faint, and felt the effects of sickness and the rough roads. I lodged at the Widow Lewis's on Beaver Creek. Friday 5. I felt that I was done and must lay by a while. Saturday 6. I preached at Charles Helton's upon Maine Holston. Weak as I was, it was an open time. Sunday 7. We crossed Holston at the mouth of Watauga. The Sabbath I do not often employ in traveling, sometimes when I fall in with the circuit preachers. 
I was very close in my discourse at Dingworth's, on Psalm 51, 10 through 13. The people have sat under a Calvinistic ministry. I lodged at William Nelson's, an ancient home and stand for Methodists and Methodist preaching. I have gone over rough roads and a wild country, rocks, ruts, and sidelong difficult ways, sometimes much obscured. It was thus I lost my way, and traveled twenty miles farther than I needed. Monday 8. Prepared for Conference Saturday 13. My bowels for some days past have been much disordered, and I have been otherwise ill. But constant occupation of writing, reading, and praying has diverted my attention from my sufferings. The medicine taken today has done good. I am obliged to avoid the sun as I would a burning fire. Sunday 14. I preached at the stand in the woods. Brother M. Kendry followed. It was a season of feeling. Saturday 20. The Western Conference commenced its sitting, and ended on Monday. The Mississippi missionary preachers could not be spared, they thought, from their work, and therefore did not come. We had great peace. There are 1,400 added within the bounds of this conference. Of the 55 preachers stationed, all were pleased. In unison with the preceding conferences, an answer was given to Dr. Koch's letter. We had preaching at noon and night, and good was done. The brethren were in want, and could not suit themselves. So I parted with my watch, my coat, and my shirt. By order of the conference, I preached a funeral discourse on the death of our dear friend Watcoat, from John 1, 47-50. There were not far from two thousand people present. If good were done, which I trust and hope, it is some compensation for my sufferings. Thirteen hundred miles in heat and sickness on the road, and in the house, restless hours, the noise of barking dogs, impatient children, and people trotting about, and opening and shutting doors at all hours. Wednesday 24. We came to Buncombe. We were lost within a mile of M. Killens, and were happy to get a schoolhouse to shelter us for the night. I had no fire, but a bed wherever I could find a bench. My aide, Moses Lawrence, had a bearskin, and a dirt floor to spread it on. Friday 26. My affliction returned. Considering the food, the labor, the lodging, the hardships I meet with and endure, it is not wonderful. Thanks be to God, we had a generous rain. May it be general through the continent. Saturday 27. I rode twelve miles to Turkey Creek, to a kind of camp meeting. On the Sabbath I preached to about five hundred souls. It was an open season, and a few souls professed converting grace. Monday 29. Raining. We had dry weather during the meeting. There were eleven sermons and many exhortations. At noon it cleared up, and gave us an opportunity of riding home. My mind enjoyed peace, but my body felt the effects of riding. On Tuesday I went to a schoolhouse to preach. I rode through Swanino River and Cane and Hooper's Creeks. North Carolina, Wednesday, October 1. 
I preached at Samuel Edney's. Next day we had to cope with Little and Great Hunger Mountain. Now I know what Mills Gap is, between Buncombe and Rutherford. One of the descents is like the roof of a house, for nearly a mile. I rode, I walked, I sweat, I trembled, and my old knees failed. Here are gullies, and rocks, and precipices. Nevertheless, the way is as good as the path over the Table Mountain. Bad is the best. We came upon Green River, crossed and then hobbled and crippled along to Martin Edwards, a local preacher. My host had waited two years. I ordained him to deacon's orders. I feel as if I ought not to preach one sermon without being pointed and very full upon the doctrine of purity. Saturday 4. Crossed Green and Broad Rivers to attend a meeting in the woods in Rutherford County. I preached on the Sabbath on Psalm 51, 8-11, and on Monday at 8 o'clock in the morning on 1 John 1, 6-7. It was a moving season. I made my lodging with Brother Driscoll's on Sunday night and on Monday at Major George Moore's, 20 miles from the ground. On Tuesday we came rapidly through a part of Lincoln to South Carolina, about 30 miles, and lodged at Alexander Hills and next day stayed with Mr. Fulton. My mind is in constant peace, under great bodily exertions. I preached at my hosts upon Matthew 24, 12, 13. South Carolina, Thursday 9. At the Waxhaws. We crossed Catawbaw at Emlenahan's Ferry, and came to Robert Hancock's to lodge. We have had a blessed rain. On Friday we came to the Hanging Rock. Death, death. The death of our friend Daniel Carpenter makes a great breach. But he has gone safe. Saturday, rain. Rest, closely occupied in writing. On the Sabbath I preached at the Hanging Rock. Few people, but a good season. On Monday I copied the minutes. I feel full of God. Glory to God. On Tuesday I went over to Thompson's Creek, Anson County, to see George Doherty. But his friends had conveyed him away on a bed. I spent Wednesday in reading, meditation, prayer, and Christian conversation in the family of Thomas Shaw. Thursday 16. Rode back to the Hanging Rock. I felt the effects of the ride, as the exercise was somewhat new. I prayed in two out of three families we visited. It seemed to me as if they were cases of life and death. It is the duty of a general officer to be careful of all his men, especially those composing his staff. A draught is the cause of want and affliction. In such seasons we should use humiliation, fasting, penitence, and prayer. Friday 17. Closely occupied in writing. On Saturday, rode to Camden. I have received a full account from Dr. Chandler, Delaware District, of the work of God from May 3rd to August 24th. What hath God wrought? Sunday 19. I preached upon 1 Corinthians 11, 28. Let a man examine himself. After making some general observations on the sacrifice of Abel, of Abraham, 
and the nature of the Passover and the Lord's Supper, I enforced the necessity upon sinners, seekers, backsliders, believers, and ministers to examine themselves. In the afternoon I heard the Reverend Mr. Flynn, and was pleased with him as a Presbyterian minister. Mr. Smiley, a Presbyterian, preached for us in the tabernacle. Monday 20. I rode to Rembert Hall, 1120 miles from Philadelphia, in health and, I trust, in holiness. Glory to God. Tuesday 21. Reading closely. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, reading the 8th and ninth volumes of Wesley's sermons. They wake the powers of my soul. Abstinence and prayer. I feel my mind in great peace, and a staid trust that the Lord will provide for the South Carolina Conference. Let the preachers go, as they have done, to their farms and their merchandise. Yet I am greatly confident of the success of the cause of God in these parts. Sunday 26 At Rembert's Chapel I preached on 1 John 3, 1-3. 1. The manner of love, not that of a master, a father, a mother, or a Christian, but love of a peculiar character, the love of God, demonstrated in Christ for our redemption and salvation. 2. A view of the past, present, future, and eternal state of believers. First, the low estate. Secondly, adoption, and regeneration, and sanctification. Thirdly, glorification of soul and body. Behold and wonder whilst ye adore. Lastly, the men of the world know not the Father. How then should they know the children of God the Father? Monday 27. I am bound for the city of Charleston. We sought lodging at two houses at Bruton's Lake. We found it at Mr. Martin's. On Tuesday we made twenty-five miles to Murray's Ferry, instead of fifteen. At Long Ferry, to which we were obliged to steer, we were detained five hours through the swamp. Heat, mosquitoes, golly nippers, plenty. We rode twenty miles after sundown to get to Mr. Hatchett's, at Monk's Corner. The family being sick, we went to Mr. Jones's, who kindly entertained us. We made fifty miles today, and came to lodgings about ten o'clock at night. On Wednesday we came through heat and heavy roads to Charleston, where we found all things well, and in good order. Lewis Myers is an economist. Sunday, November 2. At Cumberland Street Church I preached in the morning, and at Bethel in the afternoon. Monday 3. Neither unemployed nor triflingly. If we call for social prayer seven times a day, there are none to complain. The house is our own, and profane people board not with us. My time is spent in reading, writing, and receiving all who come, whites and Africans. I am sometimes called away in the midst of a letter. God the Lord is here. I am happy that we have finished our new church, and bought an acre of ground. Should I live long, I shall see a house in the northern liberties of Cooper River. On Tuesday I wrote a letter to Dr. Koch, giving a general statement of the late work of God upon our continent. 
Sunday 9. I preached again in Cumberland Church, on 2 Corinthians 4, 17-18. I spoke under serious depression of body and mind. In the afternoon I gave them a discourse at the Bethel Church, upon Philippians 1, 27-30. I have read many pages of church history, written twelve long letters, preached four sermons, and received all visitors, and spoken to them on the concerns of their souls. Monday 10. It appears that there is a work amongst white and black. Some have found the blessing. I received a letter from Daniel Hitt, giving an account of the long, calm camp meeting in Maryland. It held from the 8th to the 14th of October. 580 were said to be converted, and 120 believers confirmed and sanctified. Lord, let this work be general. On Tuesday I left my prison and got as far as Captain Perry's, 30 miles, and next day, by riding two hours in the night, reached Bars. On Thursday we rode up Edisto to Benjamin Terrence, 22 miles. Next day we reached Weathersby's, 25 miles. Georgia. Saturday brought us to Augusta. We have made a journey of about six days in five, through the deep sands. Sabbath 16. The morning was cold and few hearers. My subject was Romans 13, too. High time indeed. In the afternoon I spoke again on Hebrews 11, 25-26. I wrote to Daniel Hitt on things sacred. I am grieved to have to do with boys. Hugh Porter had written to this town about a station, and added to the mischief he had formerly done. I shall take care of these youngsters. And behold, here is a bell over the gallery. And cracked, too. May it break. It is the first I ever saw in a house of ours in America. I hope it will be the last. Monday 17. Pleasant ride to Sindel's, 16 miles. Here, after the second generation is risen up, we have a revival in Columbia County. By being lost, we made a ride of thirty miles to Thomas Haynes on Tuesday. A few met for prayer. I spoke to them on 1 Peter 1, 3-6. On Wednesday we rested. At Fountains on Thursday I preached on 1 Thessalonians 4, 13-14. On Friday I rested, wrote, and visited. Saturday 22. Rode to the west end of Wilkes County. At Stevenson Meeting House, we held a three-days meeting. Four traveling and two local preachers were present. I read the letter from P. Chandler in Delaware and exhorted a little. End of section 24. Recording by Brian Keenan.